Hey, this is Danielle Harris, and when I'm not combing the swamps for killers, I'm listening to Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And remember, genius, 500 feet. Out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that condones the use of deodorant at conventions. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're looking back at the trials, tribulations, and terrors that went on at this year's Crypticon, you have been warned. But before we get into that, let me remind you, the easiest way to listen in to this horrific horror podcast is to simply subscribe to Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your con hole. And if you are out wandering the interwebs, uh, you can find us out on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Nightmare Junkhead. And it's important to follow us on Facebook, especially... If you're here in the Kansas City area. We got shenanigans coming up. There's all sorts of stuff. And you know what? A lot of it, sometimes it's stuff that we're hosting. Mm -hmm. But in this case, the first thing I want to talk about is, again, I've I've talked about it constantly, but Tuesday nights here in the Kansas City area, if you're a horror fan, you really look forward to it. I am, of course, talking Terror Tuesday. And on August 6th, oh my goodness, I cannot wait. <laughs> this was a film... That I saw in the theater, mm -hmm. and it's a theater, unfortunately, that's no longer with us, which is even the sadder part, Ooh. the saddest part, uh, but a film that I'm still chasing that initial first viewing scare that I had. Yeah. It is 1999's The Blair Witch Project. I need to check it out on the big screen to see how it, like, one, it held up and see if I can... And that's the other thing, and the reason I know why I'm still searching for that scare is I can never replicate it because I was naive enough to know... There's no way this is a snuff film. Right. But at the same time... Like, this shit is real. I, I saw websites. I saw websites, right? Right? Exactly. <laughs> and plus, like, you know, you had all the, 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 that hype, and the world wasn't inundated with found foot. It was a no, simpler it, time. It, oh, 20 years ago, and it's a 20-year anniversary as well. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, that one didn't go very far in our Into the Mouth of March Madness <laughs> tournament, which was shocking. Right? That was, like, one of the biggest upsets ever. I bet people were like, damn, ah! throwing their brackets down in anger and shit. Well, I'm curious to see how it plays on the big screen, and it's playing in the big theater as well. It's theater Ooh. number one. Ooh. So if you haven't made it out to Terror Tuesday yet, that is going to be a great time to do it. Um, again, thanks to Adrian and Amber for putting that together. Something I really look forward to. I'm not joking, because you know, as much as we do in the area hosting, mm -hmm. it's always good to be able to kick back. Yes, it is. It's always good to like be entertained ourselves and as again as the self-professed introvert i relish these opportunities to just kick back but also i give you a little shout out uh, you hosted recently a uhf movie party at the alamo of which i got to attend you it was so much fun man and your <laughs> your intro set a nice tone for what that film is <laughs> well it had to get weird i mean i appreciate that thank you um no worries man that was but like it was e it was easy to do because i was talking about uhf and i absolutely love that and movie. i know this is a horror podcast and you know but uhf doesn't have the not necessarily the crossover appeal but regardless there's aliens in it yeah, that's true and satan yes there is satan <laughs> he makes me sick just throw the water and there's gore because call me mr butterfield i'm not making a case that uhf is horror, horror but. but i'll definitely tell you what i'm a big horror fan but uhf is in my 
top five of all time. Well, I guarantee anyone that does listen to this podcast, I'm sure does enjoy UHF. <laughs> but it's really funny if you go back, because we actually did that as a live episode for mm-hmm. Nerds and Nostalgia, which was my very first time watching that film. And then the second time I got to watch it was again on the big screen. So thank you for that. Uh, not, I'm, I'm glad it held up. Yeah, is this it? <laughs> nope. Okay, is this it? Nope. There you go. <laughs> Best way to set everything up there. Well, speaking of things that we are going to be hosting, um, on August 22nd, I'm breaking off, breaking out the cutoffs, and I shouldn't even say breaking out because at this point I'm wearing them there everywhere. You're wearing, you're wearing them again. <laughs> but I will be matching them with some high socks and a cutoff shirt because we are going back to Camp Arawak. Oh boy. Well, I was just thinking to myself the other day, wouldn't it be wonderful if we got to host Sleepaway Camp again? I mean, my, isn't that, wouldn't be just the loveliest thing? In fact, I tied this ribbon around my finger to remind me on how wonderful it would be. <laughs> Another one that you can go back to, uh, Nerds and Nostalgia, check out, whoa, that live episode. <laughs> that, that got really weird. <laughs> much, much like the movie itself, the crazy part happens at the very end, yeah, it did. It which was kind of perfect. So <laughs> that won't happen again here. Here, but on August 22nd, yeah, Greenland Armor, Sleepaway Camp. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. That is so much fun. Hey, Craig, eat shit and die. Hey, genius, eat shit and live. <laughs> oh, expect a lot of that kind of banter. <laughs> yeah. Or at least it may be a little call and response with the audience. Because when you like to say, hey, Screenland Armor, eat shit and die. <laughs> eat shit and live. Nightmare Junkhead. <laughs> Nerds. How many what people are you? watching this for the first time? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We like to call them baldies. <laughs> Again, it's a reprehensible, yeah, but is. fun film. Right? It's so it's so much fun. So Just watch out for hot curling irons. Yeah, you'll ew, be fine. Ew, ew. <laughs> oh, Judy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Side ponytails galore. But then the following week then at uh, Alamo Draft House, uh, break out your ice skates and try to ice skate uphill. Yeah. Don't know if it's going to work or not, but uh, we are going to be uh, another film celebrating 20 years. Blade. The Blade. The Blade. The Blade. Tony Giles, shout out. <laughs> I'm going to be a naughty vampire god. It's going to be awesome. This was another film that I did see in the theater. Me too. And had my mind blown because it was the intro scene. Speaking of being blown. <laughs> well, you see Donald Logue's hair character is getting a right? blow job. And you're like, what kind of Marvel movie am I watching, Stan Lee? And it's not done by Tracy Lords, who's in the same who's scene. In the same so scene. it's like. <laughs> Excelsior. <laughs> Check that, true believers. See that? I was going to say, see that, true believers? <laughs> well, regardless, that one will be fun to see on the big screen because I don't think I've seen it on the big screen since 1999. Me but for us, it's to come. And it'll be a reminder of why I think it's going to be hard. As good as uh, Ollie is as an actor, man, the physical presence and the martial arts prowess of one Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes, to me, is the blade. And so, like, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be fun, so make sure to come out and check that out. That will be a good time. And also, you know, keep in, uh, always check out on the events page. Uh, yeah. A lot of the horror coming around in the Kansas City area. A lot City of cool area. stuff. Oh, mark your calendars. October 5th, we're doing the drive-in thing again. We're showing Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Do the Freddy. <laughs> we promise Genius won't try to do the Freddy. No, we one. don't promise that. We, in fact, we're, there's going to be some Freddy. So, and then we're, and then we're copycapping it off with an American werewolf in London. How dope on the big screen at the drive-in at night. 
Plus, there's going to be a swap and shop with all these other goodies, horror-themed goodies, and it's $10 a car load. And I'm going to throw it out now because it, it means we're going to have to stick to it. But, you know, we always kick back a little bit at the drive-in, but I'm wondering, it's American Werewolf in London is opening, correct? Uh, no, I think it's Freddy. Is it Freddy first? Uh-huh, and then okay, London. Okay, mm-hmm. well, never mind then. I'll just throw the idea out. I thought it was what? Werewolf first. I was going to actually have us, if Werewolf went first, uh-huh. have us do a live commentary just back Ooh. at the Kansas City Horror Club booth <laughs> and make it kind of a rotating cast. Anyone can come in and just comment on it because that's where everyone's doing That'd anyway. That'd be dope. But I figure, though, at the very end, that's when it's darker, you know, not yeah. man, so we don't. they don't want to hear those assholes talking. We'll see. We'll see. No, 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 it's okay. Just, you know what? <laughs> but if you hear a lot of talk coming from a car, yeah. it's probably us. We're like sitting there with the mics. Actually, you know what? I, I actually go and check out our uh, Dream Warriors commentary track that we have you could actually play it in the car and watch there we along. go there we go I, and again i did it last year with night of the creeps i was thrilled <laughs> I, I, i'm just saying i'm just saying just as long as we don't show a cronenberg movie then we'll be okay because as soon as like we don't dream it be it i'm gonna come in and then we're just gonna get stuck oh no you know i wouldn't mind being stuck in a cronenberg movie well speaking of uh, being stuck in a cronenberg film i think that's the best way to segue into the three-day experience that was the recent Crypticon the Kansas City. <laughs> so, so you say, I always leave at night be- precisely because there are certain things I don't want to see, I don't want to hear, oh, I man. don't want existing in my brain. That was wonderful. But ultimately, I'm very happy with myself because this is the first time since it was uh, out in St. Joe that I actually attended most of the days with all three days. Yeah, exactly. All three days. And that was awesome. I'm so glad you get to come out. Now, anyone, of course, that doesn't maybe not be familiar with the show, I am a self-professed introvert, but also I've been struggling with a lot of like anxiety and panic attacks and depression and... It was good to be able to push through that. Yeah. Because even on Friday night when I got there and I did my first little round, it hit me. It was like, dude, just go home. Just you need to leave. You need to leave. This is and I fought through it and I did and I had a great time. So it's one of those things that I'm glad I did. And it was just a little victory. That I'm in and of itself. Extremely proud of you, dude. I was I mean, like, you know, and again, super proud it of seems you. simple. It's like, well, wait, why wouldn't you want to hang out with just a, you know, nothing but horror fans and horror uh you know, products and accessories. And but what sometimes have you. it ain't that easy. So it's and it's in honestly, the last few Crypticons, as you know, I've yeah kind of bailed on a few times and it's just like shown up for maybe an hour, which is crazy because it takes like an hour, an to, hour get to get there. there. But I'm really glad you came. And like the majority of the days, I mean, there was times where you beat me to the con. Yeah. So like, <laughs> well, when I that's ultimately you guys just drag because you actually you guys are smart because you rent the the, the hotels out there. Oh yeah, we we had them the night before. Yes. And that's when all the like most of our the horror club debauchery went, but. It was still a lot of fun the whole time. It was a it was a blast, and you know, from the fact that you know you see a lot of familiar people, mm-hmm. even on the guest side, we saw a lot of uh, folks. Um, I, the one thing I really liked this year was number one, all the more diversity, yeah, which was wonderful, and then more of the families. Oh yeah, there was the little baby Chucky. Yeah. He was incredible. And the mom was dressed up like Tiffany. Tiffany. They were amazing. Yeah, they were. And he's over there and he's got an eye and she's like, do it. And he's like, eh, 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 eh. goes with it. It was yeah. incredible. Which is, it put the biggest smile on my face and just seeing so many, like I said, I think there's something we've always talked about, the generational thing of, of horror, mm-hmm. how it is kind of a passed down thing, yeah. especially through families. 
but it's just so nice to see people being able to kind of embrace and let their little the, the horror flag fly if you right. will and like people are like oh we can't go to crypticon or we can't go to those cons it's just a bunch of horror people doing terrible things and blah 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 it is totally not you know you will never find a more positive con more yeah. inclusive than the horror community and see that's another thing there was no fights there was no like drunken shenanigans during the con there wasn't like it was everybody was really really cool and everybody was really friendly and that was the one thing i liked about this crypticon it's it's extremely family friendly and a lot of fun and you know for family friendly i mean of course we're talking about rated r movies so there's going to be like but nobody's it's not like you know that that con in las vegas for all the porn stars you know it's not that i think i saw that on a real sex episode me too yeah Wasn't even scrambled at the time. Nope. But no, it was a lot of fun. Now, the other thing, and I think ultimately the thing that saved me the last few cons, of course, by not being there, is I wasn't spending a lot of money. Yeah. I was saving money, which is honestly, you know, for a convention, you want to save up because there's always good stuff there. All the vendors are amazing. But this year, a couple of vendors came back, and damn if they didn't get my money. But a shout out to a James at Vinegar Syndrome, yep. and then all the gang at Paul Bearer Press. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee you will be hearing a Scoring with Aylmer uh, episode definitely soon. You're going to um, have a good time there, pals. The Aylmer's song is the entirety is on there. I guarantee <laughs> you're going to... It's so good. It is so good. Uh, but then also picked up a couple of Blu-rays, including Splatter University. Ooh, that's a fun movie that's it holds up i got one from vinegar syndrome i got a few from vinegar syndrome but um ice cream man with clint howard clint howard yeah it's about time he had a starring role Uh Uh, but i'd also like to especially thank you guys in the kansas city horror club um it's everyone that donated their time you know yeah definitely manning the booth Mm -hmm. you guys killed it it was great thank you we, we it was it was a it definitely was a team effort on this one because we had that whole new like line of stuff, I guess you could say the new, the new motif, the new stuff, the new um, shirts and whatnot. Kansas City Horror Club debuting the new line right. coming this fall. And the fold is scary. Everyone <laughs> in black, you know. And so like, <laughs> so yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. But they really worked their butts off. I mean, like, I'm just the point man. You know, it's it, without them, I couldn't do it. No, so, so yeah, everyone that was involved, thank you to that. Now. We do have a couple of segments here that we were mm-hmm. able to record because, of course, when we're in that area, we set up the uh, the uh, the home studio, so to speak. Right. Come on in the hotel room. Or we're going to record you. And <laughs> we recorded an episode in a segment uh, with a g- wonderful friend of the podcast, friend in you know, real life. We love her to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie Glidewell. Yep. You know her as the blonde in front. The blonde in front. All across social media. And she's branding as well. Yeah. Go check out her merch. It's yes. cool. The episode, the segment we recorded could have been an entire episode, actually. It was like a 45-minute, like, just, like, love fest until me and her went at it over Midsomar. Well, so. she, and, and uh, it kills me because it was, well, she talked about her experience at Cinepocalypse. Mm-hmm. She, oh, man. She was in attendance for Verotica. Yeah. So we, we talked uh, about Glenn Danzig and how, like, basically it's the, the horror version of The, the Room. room. So uh, she screened the 35 millimeter print of the gore cut of Tammy and the T-Rex mm-hmm. <laughs> with Paul Walker and some carnosaurs. Yes. Now, and by the way, look to the month of Shocktober here at Screenland. I have it on good authority. That might be screening. Ooh-wee. But yeah, ultimately it did then come to the, the Midsommar conversation. But yeah, uh. unfortunately... We lost the segment. And yeah. I'm just going to throw anyone that's listening that is also a podcaster. If you use Audacity, the issue I've been running into, and I've lost our 
talk with Amber and Adrian on Friday the 13th. We've lost episodes. The, the Turbo, Nerd, Kid, the Turbo episode. Kid episode. Yeah. But when I'm, I'm saving it as an Audacity project, and then when I go to reopen it, it says it won't import, and I'm not trying to import, I'm trying to open, but then it just, it will not open no matter what you do. And so, it's so frustrating. You, so if you're out there and you have IT, that experience, yeah. You IT guys, let us know. Move. Right. We, we need a Nick the IT guy. We've already um, turned it off and restarted it again. We've unplugged it and unplugged it. So what's next? Come on, ITs. So our so we're unfortunately missing that segment, lamenting the loss. But as soon as Katie is back in Kansas City, actually, yeah. we might even be able to do that. Yeah. 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 If she's in town. So, um our apologies, Katie. Mm-hmm. The conversation was wonderful. You know what? We even I have actually photographic proof. Right. I will have to post that <laughs> like to the end of the- Just make sure like she's there. Just oh. see Katie like in the woods like Oh, <laughs> with the Bigfoot stance. But we did uh, manage to talk to a couple of podcasts. And the first one, you know them, you love them. They have mm-hmm. been on the episode before. They have participated into the mouth of March Madness. Uh, we talked with the gang from Attack of the Killer podcast. Those guys are always fun. Love every single one of them. Uh, we talked all about like con etiquette. Wait, wait, no, that sounds like a place. Con- Convention con etiquette. etiquette. Con etiquette. Welcome to con etiquette. Con etiquette, where everyone <laughs> smells. Sometimes the air is sour. <laughs> uh, but then also we got a chance for them to also talk and promote Halloween Palooza, which is going on again this year in Ottumwa, Iowa. It sounds dope. October 11th and 12th. And I'm, I'm telling you, if you need to go for the horror, the shorts, the movies, please do. But man... For the loose meat sandwich. Oh, hell yeah. It's well worth the trip in and of itself. And then on top of that, you get all the horror goodies that are going on there. Mm -hmm. So make sure to check that out. And then our second segment, like I said, things went off rails. You've been warned. Yeah. I blushed. I think I did too occasionally. I blushed. We talked with the MTB podcast. um, And oh my goodness, it was one of those conversations that I love the guys. They were great. But man, the the, the the topics turned took a turn. Way it it, it took it took a nerds and nostalgia turn. It truly it, did. It, it turned into one of our live episodes. We were just missing FMK. So uh, make sure you know and check them out again. Everyone that we're talking about, follow them on social media. You know, promote when you can. Support everyone out there, especially the smaller you know podcasts that don't necessarily have the reach. The artists that are out there, the bloggers, the the writers, all of those people, you know who they are. And you know what? If you know any uh, podcasters, artists, or anything, tell them good job. All right. There just, you go. just give them a little bit of boost every now and then. I, I think I've seen that out on the internet before where they say, you know, just one little bit of feedback goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And even like with Rod, who came and talked with us at um, Crypticon, that was a nice little thing just yeah. to talk with someone that listened and someone that we didn't know initially. Right. But now is totally part of the, the Junkhead family. Mm-hmm. What, are the, what are the dirty dozen? Indeed, indeed. So um, I think we're going to save uh, talk for the stuff we've been watching for an actually a separate episode. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, we'll yeah, save yeah. that. We'll save that. But yeah, in the month of August, actually... I know we were necessarily, we were talking about doing themes. We might do a theme, but I think we've got some new releases that are coming out. Yeah, we got some I know things the, we want to talk about. The new, the scary stories to tell in the dark, I kind of want to do an episode on. Yeah, me too. Okay, good, good, good. So we'll definitely, you know what, that might actually come out either next week or the week after just to give it some room. Mm-hmm. But if we end up doing a theme, we'll put it out on the podcast, on the podcast, on the social media. So again, on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. Keep all up to date with all this stuff. But again, also... Thank you, man, for just that weekend in Crypticon. That was a good time. Like I said, it meant a lot for me emotionally, just spiritually almost, to get through the weekend. But I always knew I could count on you guys to just be my 
my rock. Ah, well, and, and you know what? Thank you, one for coming out for doing what you need doing. You know what? The cons are always more fun with you, dude. You're oh, my bud. Oh. So like, ah, oh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> making me blush, making me blush. So Damn heavens. <laughs> we won't have our normal uh, outro here at the end. You know, we'll have our last conversation here. So I guess until next week, this is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. It's gonna get weird, guys. And welcome back to another Crypticon Dispatch here as we are in the home studio. Sounding a little hollow, but that's okay because we just witnessed uh, Joe Bob Briggs, a little Q&A panel. Genius, how's the con going? I am having a fucking good time. This has been a blast. This con has been amazingly wonderful. I'm a little worse for the wear. It's Sunday morning. <laughs> Let's just say shenanigans were afoot because, you know, what happens at Crypticon stays all over social media. And that's why I like to leave Crypticon at night, so I don't necessarily have to be involved with any of the things going on there. You're Legal. missing the good stuff, man. You're missing the good stuff. Legal or not. But uh, what's good, though, is we do have the little home base studio here. And thankfully, our next guest, they were smart enough to ignore every parental warning they got is in terms of going into a stranger's motel room. But as it turns out, these people are no strangers to us. If you've listened to the podcast, you know them very well. Uh, welcome back to Nightmare Junkhead from Attack of the Killer Podcast and Prescribed Films, Jason, Tad, and Insane Mike. How are you guys doing? Great. Good, good. Thanks I for was, having us. I was promised candy to entering your hotel room. <laughs> that, that's later. That's later. You have to perform the tasks first, then you get the candy. Oh, man. <laughs> so before we get into all the good stuff, tell our listeners, where can they find you guys out on the social media? Please plug and promote away. Well, we, as the podcast, we're at, at uh, Um From there, you can find all our links. We're on every social media site you can think of. Um, prescribed Films, we are at prescribedfilms.com. Same thing, you can find everything we have uh, to offer there. Across the boards, all things social media, Attack of the that's Attack of the Killer podcast. That's so smart, so smart. Yeah. <laughs> so ultimately, the big question is, how's your con going? It's awesome. It's great. We love CryptCon. Uh, we come every year. Yes, yeah, our forty seventh year here, and it's uh, we we love it, and we'll always be coming back. It's my first year here, so I'm enjoying it. How is it then so far? As a first year attendee, any highs or lows for you, Ted? Um. Great to see all the guests. Uh, great to, I mean, within five minutes, I ran into both of you. I, I ran into you outside <laughs> I know. before I even got inside. And then right right inside, I heard my name like five times. And I'm, I'm six hours from home. It's pretty wild. <laughs> Did not really expect that. And that's, you know, before I even went upstairs and saw the celebrity. So pretty awesome just to see a lot of friendly faces. We talk about the, the convention family kind of feel that you get. And after a time, it's almost like putting in your time. And then all of a sudden people like give you the, the secret handshake. And it's like, yeah, we yeah. know that guy. Yeah, that's exactly like we were talking about off mic. And it's not just like coming to these cons. It's not just the seeing the celebrity guests and all the cool vendors and shit. But it's also like seeing friends you only see like once a year, you know, yeah, if yeah. that. And so and that's what makes the thing is we're all under the guise of horror fans. And that's what makes this like con like and all cons like this truly something fun and amazing definitely well speaking of conventions we were fortunate enough last year to be part of one that you guys have put together a little event called halloween palooza and i know it is going on again this year so please tell us when where give us a little deets if you can sure it's going to be in Atumwa, iowa at the haunted and historic hotel Atumwa, and um it's going to be two days two full days this year it's going to be october 11th and 12th and you can find out all about it at um, halloweenapalooza.com. One website to 
Rule them all. Rule them all. That's right. And, <laughs> that, that's actually the prescribed films website is the one that has links to everything else. But um, we're really excited because we're going to have um, Alex Vincent this year as our yes. main anchor guest, and nice. he's he's also bringing a Chucky doll too for pictures, and we're pretty excited about that. That's gonna be, and I'm assuming then like a short film showcase again, some possible features. Yep, definitely doing the film festival. We'll have it on three screens for two days. Gonna, we got films from all over the world, and it's all horror movies specific. So that's what we love about our festival. We had a hoot at your festival last year. It was fun on a bun. That's it was good. a great, great time. And I can say as the kind of the self-professed, socially awkward introvert that it was nice <laughs> being able, even within coming in, you know, something, you mentioned it, Tad, it's, you know, six hours away, but when people are still familiar, it's nice. There's something comforting about that. And being a, that was our first year, I'm looking forward to go back again because it was a lot of fun. That was the one thing. I'll be the first to admit, I get socially awkward. You know, it's not a gimmick like it's my life, sadly. So when I can go to somewhere that I'm not necessarily familiar with, I'm going to say it was the loose meat sandwiches myself. But oh, yeah. oh, man, those loose meat sandwiches. But the, the overall experience with the short films, the features, the Q&A, the panels, it was just even then the vendors as well, of Lots course, of vendors, always yeah. the vendors, which I, I walked away with a few things. So thank you very much on yeah, that. Yeah, happy to take your money. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> so my question ultimately is we we're kind of talking off mic just being in the convention circuit as it is now that you guys are attendees and you are putting it on. One of the things that's always, and what always activates my social awkwardness and what have you and the anxiety is convention etiquette. Kind of yes. the pros and cons, the, the what should you do, what should you do, what you shouldn't do. Do you have any kind of maybe a, a list of, you know, for people out there, especially maybe if it's their first con they're going to attend at Halloween Palooza, what should they do to be successful? Well, we do a lot of different events throughout the day. You know, we'll have like, you know, our celebrity will do a Q&A at one point during it. And when you do like a panel or a Q&A or whatever, um, you know, turn off your phone, silence your phone. If you're in your <laughs> phone happens to ring, don't flip and answer your phone in the middle of the uh, conversation. Now, why would you say that, Mike? Would, would you, did you experience that recently? So uh, I'm not going to, uh, you know, be specific at, you know, the fact that it was... Um, Shawnee Smith and, Tob and Tobin Bell's uh, panel. I'm not going to get specific like that, but at their panel. Uh, and Asshole did not even silence his phone. It fully, full-on ringed. Tobin being the professional, middle of talking, he just keeps going. He just keeps going, trying to ignore it. But you wouldn't doing... possibly answer it, would you? Oh, heck no. I would like, you know, and I understand. I've done it before, too. I may have, uh, in a situation where I should have silenced my phone, maybe forgot. So, you know, you quickly just... Hit that fumble, power button. Fumble around and yeah, yeah. Hit it make off. sure you hit that button. But no, it's like, hello. Yeah, I'm kind of in this panel thing right now. Yeah. Well, how are you doing? And it took another person in the room to turn around and say, "Hang up your phone oh. for the guy to finally." Well, he kept like, going. Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a situation where I probably shouldn't be talking on the phone. Do you want me to pick you up something? <laughs> I'm just like that. I'm <laughs> heading to the Piggly Wiggly after the con. Do we need any more ice cream sandwiches? Do you have any questions for Tobin Bell? He's right in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> you want to play a game? That's what, ha that, oh, that, that's what should have happened. That that's what should have happened. Like, after he got kicked out, he got just that reverse bear trap put on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Answer your phone now. You know. <laughs> 
Do you do, honestly though? Do you think that would ultimately discourage people? Because I still think in this day and age, everyone is just so self indulgent that that's just that kind of etiquette, it just doesn't exist. It's like in the movie theaters. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say you'd think like you you would wouldn't answer your phone just like at the movie theaters. But we've all been in situations where there's fuck. Y'all gonna pick you up something after? It's like shut the fuck up. Turn off your phone. It's simple. And then when you call them out, they get pissed. Well, and I'm dumbfounded by this, because one, he's not even trying to whisper. He's talking in his normal fucking voice, first of all. And it's not like it's a movie theater where, you know, it's it's something being projected on the screen. There are human beings mm-hmm. in front of you that are talking. And it doesn't matter if it's Tobin Bell or Joe Schmo off the street. They're in the middle of talking, and you're, like, disrupting the conversation for, for not just them, but everybody watching. Yeah. Yeah, so you I can think, answer your phone. I think that is the overlaying problem is like not being aware of your surroundings. I'm not sure how to say it. Like, no, your audience. The, the other, yeah. yeah, but like the other thing that bothers me in con etiquette is when you don't read the room and you're just, oh my gosh, I gotta talk to this person. I'm like, I'm gonna ask him, you know, what's his favorite video game to play. You're like, no, this isn't why we're here. You know, you're not the only one talking to this person, and that stuff bugs the crap out of me. I know it can be nerve-wracking to try to like ask a question and stuff, and and a lot of pan a lot of times you go to a panel and that's all that's there. You know, maybe you know that particular con didn't have any moderator with preconceived questions or anything like that. I mean, that's kind of my thing. I think there uh, it should always be that way because you're going to be in a situation where nobody wants to ask any questions. Yeah. But you know, like let's put some a little more thought into the questions we do ask ahead of time. Let's keep it relevant. For the crowd and why we're there. I mean, yes, we were at a panel one time where literally somebody asked the celebrity. The celebrity uh, made the mistake of mentioning about being in Steven Spielberg's office and playing um, Zaxxon or whatever video game was in his office and just playing that all day long between shooting. Um, And that opened the floodgate for this next person to be like, oh, what are some of your favorite video games? I'm like, really? And then it turned into a whole video game conversation. Video games wouldn't let it die. No matter how much Zach, oh, I probably shouldn't have mentioned his name. (laughs) uh, Tried to steer the conversation conversation back to uh, talking about movies, but the guy would not let go of wanting to know about video games. So Mr. Bell, do you like hip hop? Do you like, what's your stance on this East Coast, West Coast beef? (laughs) Well, then you mentioned also kind of, you know, the, the there's almost an art of moderation because you have to think about how many times these celebrity guests have been asked that, you know, the one question over and over again. Yeah. But at the same time, you realize there are going to be some attendees that have never seen them mm-hmm. and they've never heard that answer. So it's yeah. kind of finding that balance, yeah. Yeah. which is kind of difficult in many ways. The old questions that everybody gets all the time and the new questions like, oh, this is an interesting panel. So, yeah. So, putting together a, pan, uh, a festival, a convention, what are uh, what are some of the things that are kind of the biggest challenge for you guys or and ultimately what are the biggest surprises in general kind of putting together a convention especially because i know you guys are fans first and foremost yeah. so right and that that's actually what makes it more difficult i think for us because we're in a really small market atom was small compared to a big old kansas city and the thing for us that we try to the thing we try to balance the most is who can um tickle our horror I don't know what word to use next. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but also it's really, really, really important that it um, crosses with the normies too. That like 
because uh, still, you know, even half if half the attendees are from Ottumwa, we know because we live there, and they're not all horror fans like we are. Yeah, your town's not big enough to it just isn't cater and, to a very small audience. You have to sort of think broad, yeah. and that's why, like last or last year, we had a couple Halloween growls. Before that, we had Children of the Corn. It was made in Iowa. You know, it's corn. We're surrounded by corn. Everybody, <laughs> everybody in our town knows the movie Children of the Corn. So same with this year. Chucky, Child's Play, everybody at least has, even every normie yep. has a connection to that. Mm-hmm. So that's, sadly, we know we want to get all the Scream Queens and we want to get all, you know, but we know that not if we did that, it wouldn't connect with the people who are coming. Yeah. And so it's just a tough, tough balance. Again, know your audience. Know your audience. So. Well, mm-hmm. That's the thing. You talk about the normies and actually having to kind of do as much as you can for them and yeah. it's interesting because you never really think about the people that are just coming in off the street that are like oh mother what is this a uh, uh-huh. little convention let's see what this is about oh these particular kind of movies and there's always those shorts then there that I'm always just kind of laughing because there's always those occasionally extreme ones that kick in <laughs> and I'm just always wondering if like a normie comes off the street and they see that if that's their <laughs> first exposure yeah it's like oh my god what are, what are we screaming here what are we screening what kind of a festival is this so that being said, how careful you mentioned it before, but just kind of curating that. Uh, what kind of vendors are you guys looking for? Again, well, uh, kind of still sticking with anything horror themed or Halloween themed, and per se, uh, you know, we we kind of tried to uh, gear the whole thing as like it's it's everything you love about horror and Halloween um, in one building, you know, for one event. So. Uh, you know, just kind of trying to keep how trying to grow Halloween to be more than just uh, the 31st, right? So, uh, but uh, so yeah, so we're, we really try to stick with vendors that are going to have you know things for horror fans or, or um, Halloween themed stuff. Nice. Well, that's kind of talking about one of the cool things with the conventions now. Just again, as a the awkward social introvert, just I like to people watch, and more and more with these horror conventions, I'm seeing. This, these generations now where you've got mm-hmm. the old school fans with their kids, with their grandkids. And I can't imagine being a youngster and going to a horror convention. It would have blown my mind. But I love the fact that there's so many kids just being involved in the scene that it's going to become a normal thing. So that kind of leads us to one of the conversations we want to had because I know you guys, a couple of you guys have kiddos. And, you know, there's always that thing when we're all horror fans, we're anxious to introduce the genre world to the next generation to the kids so i was curious and this is something we've always talked about doing is mm-hmm. kind of gateway horror uh you know what is a good gateway film uh, gateway films to transition some of this younger generation into the horror because if you start them with god what would serbian film you know you don't want oh, to show right the, to the extreme oh, right wait, you know, i wasn't wanna, supposed to show yeah. my 11 year old that one <laughs> right a, that oh, <laughs> the oh. school day when they have to bring the cart with Oops. the tv like hey watch the movie kids <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but we've often talked about. So I'm, I kind of open this up just a conversation piece here. What would be some films that you think would work as gateway films? In fact, have you guys? Did you start with your kids with any kind of gateway films, transitional films? Oh my god, man! This is it's kind tough of subject like, for Mike. It is a tough subject for me. Like, okay, so I've got two girls and a boy, and the boy's the youngest. He just turned eleven, and my two girls are growing up now and and doing their own thing. Um, the oldest. Uh, was kind of a little bit too wimpy for horror films, so I'm like, all right, that's fine. The middle one, you know, 
way into whatever I'd show her, but then she's also way too girly and into more girly things and cares more about girly things That's fair. Than, um, than horror films. So I'm like, okay, my son, the boy, here he is. You know, Now's my, my chance. My, my spawn. It's all I've wanted. I'm afraid my son will never understand me. <laughs> and he is the wimpiest out of all three of them. Oh, no. He is scared of everything. He won't... He won't take his shower at night because there's a spider in the shower. I have to kill it before he will uh, take his shower. I can appreciate that, and I can appreciate so, that. That's... So it's been it's been tough, and I've been patient with him because uh, I, to be honest, I was the exact same way when I was his age. Um, I, I you know I remember uh, I used to have a little black and white television in my bedroom, and I would go to bed at night and. And I would, uh, my mom would let me leave it on for a little bit, and I would always leave it on way too long. <laughs> but uh, a horror, tra- a horror commercial would come on for like, and I can remember, you know, plain as day, the original trailer for Friday Thirteenth, yeah. and seeing that arm pop up from underneath the underneath the oh. cot, and I'm like, nope. And like, <laughs> I'm ha- done. Anytime a horror movie commercial would come up on TV, no matter what room it was in, I had to leave Wait, the room, yep. and I couldn't be in the room until it was over. So my son is a, a, a lot like that, and. In that regard, so I'm, I'm hoping one day he'll have the turn like mm-hmm. I did, turn to the dark side. But uh, for him, um, a few things that I've I've dabbled with are like some of the more universal classic films, nice. and uh, and I know those. I feel like uh, for these newer generations, they might be a little too slow burny for them. But uh, one of the things that worked for my son, he loves Creature from the Black Lagoon. He loved that one. And what really worked for him is that we watched it um, on Svengoli. So you kind of have the Svengoli in there to kind of break things up, the you know the kind of the slow burn of, of these of these older films. Um, I tried Monster Squad with him. I thought that would be a great one. That one is a great gateway. I, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like it's truly a super strong gateway. Not for him though. He was <laughs> way into it up until that moment. Up until that moment, they're in the house. They're in the cat, the Dracula's uh, uh, house, yeah. and Wolfman yeah. jumps out at uh, jumps out and, and at him. And my son is just like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" And he's like, "Nope, I'm done." I'm like, "No, no, no, son! Wait a few more seconds. He's gonna say Wolfman's got nards, yeah, and it's gonna worry, be funny." Don't worry, son. Wolfman does have nards. It's okay. <laughs> It'll be funny again. I promise. And he's like, "No, I'm done. No, Wolfman's got nards. Come on, he's got nards." You're almost there! So close. Is that when social services come in? They're like, uh, your, your kid's talking a lot about werewolf nards. Uh, we don't know if this is good or bad. <laughs> I see the kid run out the door, like screaming, no, no, no. Like, wait, 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 nards, nards, nards. <laughs> actually, couple, I'm sorry, a couple more I'll throw out there that he actually really liked. And for those out there, horror movie fans that um, kind of snubbed these movies when they came out, please give them a chance. They're actually way better than you expect. And those are the Goosebump movies Ooh. with Jack Black. They are they are actually pretty fun and pretty entertaining, and my son loves them. So, so that's finding a balance of the stuff that the kids can enjoy and then the adults can appreciate as well. That's why I think like children's programming at this point seems to be at like a high level because I remember when I was a kid, everything was pretty much designed to sell toys. Mm-hmm. The, the the you know the product itself was rubbish, but a lot of the stuff nowadays you realize they're catering to the kids and to their parents. Yeah. It's just like the little subtle stuff. So that's actually a perfect example. I was even going as far as like Monster Squad, just the Goonies itself. Mm-hmm. Like there's a few terrifying yeah. things with you know the skulls, skeletons, things like that. They're definitely a kind of an introduction to terror yeah. for the most part. But then you get the little bit of levity as well. Tad, was there anything <coughs> in particular you're thinking of? 
Well, um, I don't have any kids, but I have a niece who's very close to me, uh, <laughs> and my sister is self-admittedly not cool, so she's always like, <laughs> you know, like, influence her, but I'm like, I don't want to directly just tell her what's cool, so, you know, over time, I've let, I'm like, you know, when she come over and I'll babysit sometimes, like, you want to watch something, and uh, she got hooked on, like, Nightmare Before Christmas very early, and that one was like, you know, it has scary elements, but they're all played almost comedically. Um, and so now she's sort of obsessed with Sally and Jack and that, but, um, uh, slowly built her up and she's, I think she's six and she's, she loves monster squad to the point. Like last September we had Andre Gower in Burlington and she came and she's like, that's the monster squad kid, you know? And she has no idea at her age how lucky she is to be meeting, you know, Andre Gower. It's really cool for her. I'm like, later she's going to be yeah. like, holy cow, I had yeah. a cool uncle growing up. But, um, you know, he, he like signed, uh, I, I gave her like the insert on my, on the DVD, actually gave her my DVD copy when I upgraded Blu-ray and she had him sign like the insert. And I told my sister, I'm like, just take it home and frame it and like put it away for now. Yeah. Cause you know, when she, she'll probably do something to it or she won't mm-hmm. realize how cool it is until later. But, um, I tried to also, like, my sister, you know, she'll say, she'll text me, be like, you know, oh, we're watching a movie tonight, and I'm like, oh, what are you watching? She's like, oh, I'm embarrassed, you know, we're watching Trolls. I'm like, don't be embarrassed at all. She's still a child, like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm not like a, like a, you know, an asshole over here, it's like a purist, I'm like, oh, well, there she goes, she's not, um, you know, she doesn't get a Christmas gift this year for... Watching Watch trolls. trolls. How fucking lame are you, you six-year-old? You know, uh, you know, Philistine. right? Yeah, but like, ignore me. Like, but you know, it's like she comes over and she'll look at my toys, and she's really, she's really, you know, she looks at my toy collection. She thinks it's really cool. She'll ask questions. And, uh, you know, I'm like, well, do you want to, you want to watch something? And it's like, I, I slowly try to show her, like I showed her Monster House. I think that's a really that's, good one. Mm-hmm, um, mm, great one, yeah. And she really enjoys that. I tried to show her some of the really old, like not really old, but the, the older Goosebumps that were like the, the series in the 90s. And those are pretty corny, I don't think. That's more nostalgia for, like, my generation or younger. Um, So (laughs) she didn't necessarily get scared of it. She just didn't find it entertaining. But there's there's a lot of cool stuff coming out now, like the Lake of Studios stuff. She likes she loves Paranorman, Box Trolls, uh, Coraline. Yeah, you know cool, those cool. those are super dark for kids films, and once again, very catered to adults. Yeah. I go see them in theaters by myself, and then I'll go see it separately with her because I'm like. You know, this time's for me because I actually want to sit down and watch yeah. it, and yeah. then I'll bring her because I'm more focused on, you know, making sure she has her, her candy experience. and popcorn. Because yeah, because yeah. you know, taking a kid, you you can't fully enjoy it yourself, no. you know, because you're more oh, you don't want to sit down, you know, and even things like Iron Giant, you know, that's a little more of an adult cartoon, but she really loves that. She got the wrong uh, perception. She saw it at the Capitol with me, and at the end, I was like, so what'd you like about it? She's like. When he had the guns, I'm like, you missed the whole message of the movie. Um, but I'm glad you enjoyed it, you know. But, um, I, I, I mean, I was a little worried when my sister was like, you know, she came over and she wanted to borrow Hocus Pocus, and that was another one. Oh, yeah. And it was right around Halloween time, and I sent her home a stack of stuff, and I was like, you know, and Monster Squad was in that. And I was like, you know, don't make her watch this if she sees it and wants to, and don't make her watch the whole thing if she doesn't want to. And right. then, like, a week later, it was like... You know, she she ended up loving it, so I was happy. But you know, I still I don't want her completely raised on the stuff yeah. I like. You know, because she needs to form her own. Right. Yeah. Own, yeah. Right. Board. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, she she likes all kinds of stuff. But being exposed to it is nice because you know it's cool that she's not at all scared of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny because some people have like a lot of people when I say I enjoy horror. Some of them, it's like, what's wrong with you? Right. And it's like, no, no, nothing. Like, I think all most horror fans are some of the most 
just well-reserved, oh, just kind, more. good yeah. people, you know, in general. So it's always funny when that happens. But, you know, when you tell them you're trying to get, you know, the younger generation, it's like, why are you trying to corrupt them? It's like, no, it's really. It's corrupting. It's, it's enriching. Yeah. That's yes. what it is. You come to Crypticon and you, like, the whole, it's a building full of the nicest people you'll ever meet. You know, and I, I, was, I mentioned to those guys, it's like everywhere you go, people are, excuse me, you know, everybody's polite, everybody's trying to help each other, everyone's cool, like, you know, we, it's it's for everybody, like, even in our hotel, everyone downstairs eating breakfast, they have bright green hair, black shirts, black pants, and everybody's, you know, but it's a room of the nicest people, you know, the hotels probably are all like, you know, these, these are the nicest There's... people, you know, we have the worst image for the nicest people, <laughs> yeah. like skulls on their shirts, but we're all, you know, we're all best friends, everybody's smiling, we're all just happy to be there. And then on the other side of the hotel, you have, like, the Faith and Family Convention, and everybody hates each other. Right, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's all pissed off, bathroom's all clogged. You know? <laughs> well, that's, again, like, I really just enjoy seeing just the families walking around, and it's just, it blows my mind, because I could not imagine being that young and going to something like that, and oh. it's just becoming a normal, yeah. like, it's a normal thing for those kids, you know? They don't, so like, So lucky. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. you mentioned, you know, let them sign it, put it away, because they don't really have the foresight to go, oh, yeah, this is genuinely kind of cool and just something that's making a lasting bond and impression on them. Well, it's I was pretty- even thinking about the opposite side yesterday. Um, the little little boy, I forget his name, that's from the new Halloween. He's here signing, and I'm like, man, how weird is it for him? He's sitting at a table signing autographs for adults. Yeah. Yeah. It's the other way around, you know. Like right. we're looking up to some of these older celebrities. I mean, Sid, Sid Haig turned 80 today, oh, and, you know, we're going up and getting his. Like, I, I grew up watching you and all this stuff. He's he's you know done that he's done preacher and Halloween that's the only two credits he has and he's here signing autographs and you know and and watching him I'm like he was here you know it's, eight hours yesterday the poor kid you know but what? he's I've watched him you know and we were watching him like throwing trash over the ledge into a trash can yesterday he came up and hustled me yesterday he's like I was wearing a Michael Myers shirt you know and he goes I see you like Halloween I said yeah and he goes. What do you think of the new one? I said, I liked it quite a bit. And he goes, what do you think of the character Julius? And I said, I thought he's pretty funny. He goes, you want his autograph? I can, I can get you a picture with him. And I was like, I well, then I was like, you know, I'll be back tomorrow because it was right when it was closing. Yeah. And uh, he goes, I'll pencil your name down. What's your name? And he wrote my name down in a notebook. And I'm like, dude, I feel obligated to go there today right? and get a picture. I felt like so I, I was cool. having a hard time sleeping last night. Yeah, I'm like, that, that poor kid has my name in the notebook. I've been avoiding his table today. Because I'm exactly. like, yeah. he's gonna come after you like the kid in Better Off Dead 2, dog. Yeah, yeah. Just looking at you like, mm-hmm, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. You have to move you down. Well, his his dad was sitting at his table and he's like, uh, he's like, don't worry about it, man. He's been hustling people all day. I'm like, that's awesome. Good for him, man. Making you know, making so those sales. Cool. He's probably like I said, he's probably he's been there eight eight hours, you know, for a full day. He's bored. He's trying to talk to people. Good for him. Hey, that's smart so, though. Learn the side hustle early, right? You know? So if you guys need a PR man, you know who to he's, go mm-hmm. check down. Well, I'm yeah. just imagining him going up to every guy. With with a beard now, like Tad. Tad, yeah. remember? It's yeah. like, oh shit, here he comes, here he comes. Yeah. Yeah, Jason. I noticed you've been avoiding that side of the, that side of the convention. Yeah. Yeah. He's got your name and license plate. <laughs> Probably. So, so, Jason, what's some some uh, titles you would uh, maybe suggest looking into? When I, uh, the thing I guess I was, I thought of first is, I think it's, um, it, and it's not movies, but it, it's something I think is really crossing over right now is Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, yeah. I see a lot of, a lot of kids watching that now and it's it's clearly has already swept the nation and it's a great great gateway i think into the spooky even though it's such a nostalgic trip for us that's 
it's well, still something really cool for them, I think, too. Yeah, it's kind of fitting, hitting that magic, just that, that balance there. Um, but it also has that Amblin feel as well. It does. And oh, that's, very much so. And yeah. that's that one thing that, for many of us, that we just hearken back to that simpler mm-hmm. time. D. Ha- D. Wallace yesterday said, uh, it's actually a ripoff of E.T. They need to get me on there. <laughs> She's like, all oh, the flashlights and the bicycles, kids on bikes. That's, that's my movie. Get me on there. I don't think any one of them said penis breath yet, so yet. You know, we're waiting for that nice reaction. Now, I was even thinking, um, God, E.T. itself, I think, could mm-hmm. be good gateway oh, yeah. horror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that in the theater. I was probably all of, what, four or five at that point, and I started crying, of course, when everyone thought E.T. was dead. And I, There's a kid in my class. His name was Troy Huber. I'll remember this is the day I die. was consoling me. He's like, it's okay, Greg. Look, he's coming back. He's going he's gonna to make it. I'm like, no. E.T.'s dead. All his life is not worth living. <laughs> But even at a young age, that it messed me up seeing that old just husk yeah. of an yeah. ET. It's yeah. not necessarily horror, but it's almost horror adjacent. No, so but it's like it's it's the imagery, you know. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, uh, you know, I you know, saying my son is scared of everything, but he plays a lot of video games, oh. and he is obsessed with um, xenomorphs and predators. Based on uh, um, really, Mortal, uh, Mortal Kombat what X. Oh, the, for Halloween? And Halloween, he went as a predator. a predator. He will not watch a Predator or Alien movie to for, to save his life, but he loves he loves those characters. You know, I bought him, like, the Pops and yeah. you know, all this, that, and the other thing. So, and it was the same thing again for me. Um, you know, I, I used to love reading Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine. Um, I had that little uh, play set that uh, you put the plates down there was a head plate a chest plate and a leg plate mighty monster makers yes 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 i love that thing i wasted I, there's so, so much, much landfill <laughs> of my pay, of my scribblings of those things you and i De- probably deforestation yes. yes right <laughs> that's too. right there's a lot of dead trees thanks to me in it that wasn't thing. big organizations it was mighty monsters and you know hero makers or whatever yeah <laughs> exactly and then like you know godzilla and stuff like that i read the um, marvel comics godzilla and and, and and had all the different toys and so I was I always always had a love for monsters and creatures and stuff like that but just too terrified to actually sit down and watch a horror movie so I think there's things like things like E.T. or you know Nightmare Before Christmas that yeah. isn't necessarily a horror film but has that imagery has those characters in it has those creatures um, the the imagination behind those creatures that captivates yeah. the small kids and then that's when I think it you know can develop into something else. But here's something I'm I've been finding. I mean, we're trying to figure out what's good what's good gateway to get the kids started. But what I'm seeing around the con, these kids are starting with some hardcore yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. They're jump they're jumping from like the beginners class to advanced. <laughs> I've seen this kid five years old dressed up like Chucky and stabbing people with a knife. Yep. There's been Freddy Krueger's five year old Freddy's. There's been <laughs> there's been like a um, couple of Georgies. Um, but that's also been the journey for some of us horror fans is to like dumped in the deep end yeah for yeah, sure yeah. i remember yeah. for, for me it was staying up too late watching usa and seeing some friday 13th and just being like uh-oh <laughs> I, I am too scared like and but then you're then you like that feeling and you spend your life trying to find to ride that dragon again mm-hmm. right and yep. you search it and you search it and that's gets us into that do you also think though too that there's maybe like a um, generational desensitization um, going on too? Because I mean, was it the same thing for for you know a little bit of us older um, um, horror fans nowadays? Uh, 
like you know with the 60s and the 70s of the comeback of the universal monster movies and those movies were were being played for children at that point and were there people that saw them originally back in the original theaters you know, then thought that, those were the scariest that, movies that ever made. Their Thinking the same thing yeah. of like these kids nowadays and Frankenstein. Oh my God! When I was so, yeah, yeah, they all I have think, the internet now. So what don't they have yeah. at their disposal? And these kids today have it too easy. We had to go. <laughs> we had to go to video stores to look for art and guess treasures. based on the artwork. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely yeah. think there's kind of a litmus test that happens when there are people like us. When we're initially brought into that scare world, some people they will you know just t- stay Retreat away from it, and, and the other ones were like, ah, we can get into that. We can get into that. So we are a little bit out of time here because I want to make sure we get you guys out on the con floor. But uh, again, Halloween Palooza. Where can people find tickets at this point? Sign up. Halloweenapalooza.com. You can find all things Prescribed Films at prescribedfilms.com and our podcast is at attackofthekillerpodcast.com. And make sure you guys uh, get on the forums as well because there's a lot of interactivity there, which again yes. calls to the community. And uh, thank mm. you guys for putting that together. And as like I said, as someone that is a socially awkward introvert, I can appreciate when I can even type from home and get involved. So thank you for that. Looking forward to the movie room. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, as always, as always. So thank you guys for taking the time on that. Uh, hope you have a good rest of the convention. Thanks for uh, having us. No worries. Are you kidding? That's like I said. If if we had more time, we would have made this an entire episode. But you know, we're technically yep. wrapping up actually on a Sunday convention here. So until our next dispatch, this is Greg. I'm Genius McGee. There we go. And we are back with another Crypticon Dispatch, as we are still here in the home office, if you will, in the motel, which we won't have very much no, longer. No, we're barely surviving. Things hanging by a thread have been here. Well, this is what happens when you record a dispatch on Sunday, <laughs> Sunday at the like, end of the convention. Uh, hey. Yeah. In fact, yeah, we're pretty much lucky you are still around. <laughs> but one of the things, again, we've talked about why we really love doing the conventions and getting about is actually meeting new people. And as the, so- the socially you know, awkward introvert, it's always nice when I can actually interact with other people. And one of the things that we've been lucky enough here at Crypticon is in the past, we've been able to meet up with different podcasts. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you remember right, I think the first year we went, or at least the first year I went, we were introduced to the Necronomicast. Yeah. From our, you know, folks up north. Friends of the north, yeah. In fact, Brian was here this weekend as well. Shout out to Brian Corey from the Necronomicast. But it's always nice then when I can come across new podcast listening material because I, as everyone knows, I listen to podcasts. I don't listen to shit. You don't. You're lucky enough we listen to ours. So it's always nice when we get to a chance to uh, meet new people. And indeed, here at Crypticon, we had a chance to meet with a couple of folks. Um, they are part of the Revival House Network. Welcome to Nightmare Junket for the first time from the BTM podcast, Aaron and Zach. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks so much for what's having up? us on. Thank Thanks you. This is I gotta say, genius over here. W- the way you just described him, uh, you're lucky that he even listens to your own. That sounds like m- the guy that started uh, BTM podcast, which was actually it predates Revival House as a network. He's just like you, man. <laughs> like you gotta pull him out. He won't listen to anything. But I'm like that too. I'm a bit of a narcissist. I I'll listen. I like podcasts. I do a lot of my working, you know, from home, and and so I have a lot more time to do that stuff now. But I listen to all our stuff before anything else, man. We we have like eight shows under the belt, and we got all this stuff coming out. I'm just that guy, quality control. I want to listen to everything, and that cuts into time of listening to stuff that's not ours. So does that take away the joy then of the podcast? Love it. I love okay. the sound of my voice. <laughs> there you go. Fuck it. There I don't you care. go. Exactly. It's, it's, you just dig what you got. It's I love funny because uh, we end up 
talking over each other all the time and then like in editing we can move it and so listening to it you kind of notice things you didn't notice uh, the other one said it's like, so oh, it's we, even better they have such a nice speaking voice i've never heard them without mine there <laughs> oh i didn't catch that joke when do we talk about bukaki when did that happen dude that exact sentiment but it's for me it's like i did not catch that baby joke zach just said Oh my gosh, that, I would have called him out on the spot. That's why you never do a commentary track for a Serbian film. You know, yeah. you're just right. and you're good. Well, and you're what's good. funny about that is I love all sorts of movies. Uh, and the BTM commentary, or BTM podcast, BTM commentary, that's the flagship. That started nine years ago. Um, and it went through its various incarnations. And I wanted to move away from strict. We had old members and stuff. We had different Mark lineups. And it, it started off kind of exploitation. And I'm not a massive exploitation guy. I, There's, there, I was <laughs> listening from the beginning when they started out. Z- Zach is the corrupted one. Well, no. I, he he didn't jump on until much later. Ah, okay. No, no. Much, much later. So it started off with three dudes. You know, Riverman and myself and another gentleman. And, uh, you know, Riverman is actually at the con here. Okay. He's downstairs at the table pitching off old VHSs. <laughs> And so it kind of started off really exploitation heavy. It's not my genre. I love movies like Henry, which, you know, I, movies I throw, I throw in the genre. But you start getting into like water power, right? Is that in, in, in Serbian film? Uh, Necromaniac. Oh, oh, God. No, I mean, it's not my thing. You're, I, you're not down with the corpse fucking? No. <laughs> Necromantic. I was like, Necromantic. I, there's another movie called uh, Necromaniac. Uh, the fact that there's an entire subgenre of necro films. Yes, ne- necro ma films. You, you got to separate the two. Necromantic. Ne- <laughs> I actually got him. I, I, I tricked him into watching Necromaniac. Him and a, a friend of ours, Josh, and they were just shitting on the movie the whole time, and I was just laughing. At it. When, well, you, when you have to trick someone to watch something, I don't right. know if that's a good thing or bad <laughs> thing, per se. Well, so. It's part of the beauty of what we do because we're definitely yin and yang. I like a lot. I'm actually an old school action guy. This guy, when we do our podcast, we do a lot of horror. We'll do the the stuff, the gateway stuff. We'll do. The, we did the. We like to have themed months. Mm-hmm. You know, we did a. We've done all the nightmares. We've done you know all the fucking leprechauns. You know, for for as good and bad as they can be, and and the, everything in between. So we're not afraid to do those, but we'll do the necro type films. We've done Poly Shore Exploitation Month because Shore Exploitation. We that's what we call it. It's Shore Exploitation. When I first started calling them in, I was kind of my big troll. Is I acted like the biggest Poly Shore fan ever, and I would say stuff like, "When you gonna do that Poly Shore Exploitation though?" Yeah. Uh, We's in the shore exploitation, man. Dude, it's it's been nothing but it. Uh, we got a cool shout out on one of our shows from Paulie Shore. It's hilarious, but um, <laughs> no. But so we're not. A, I didn't want to be limited to just a genre. I'm like, we got to branch out. I want to do whatever I like to do. Like I said, I'm a narcissist. I got to have fun doing it. If I'm, I've been. Most people you guys might know that have done podcasts. You know, it's kind of incestuous the scene, There's especially the con scene in general. You meet all these people. Like if I don't know you somehow. I know a guy that knows you, right? It's it's that kind of thing. But we've had a lot of people that have come after us, and they go five episodes, are done. Maybe they'll go fifty, they're done. You know, we have managed to keep it going for years, and there was many times where it would have been that moment where it goes kerplunk because we had lineup changes and uh, <laughs> stupid drama and, and bullshit like that, and just other endeavor endeavors attached to it. You know, uh, I mean, I could go all day about that stuff. Yeah. But it's about having at least one guy that's willing to just make the arrangements to keep it going. Like whatever, whatever I got to do, we, we gonna you're gonna cut whatever's cancerous out to make it work, 
Or are you just going to let yourself get frustrated and say, fuck it? Like, no. Well, and that's, this is supposed to be a fun endeavor. 100%. Like, the minute it becomes work or not fun, I've always yeah. told genius, and that's when we'll probably stop, you know? Regardless. <laughs> Fortunately, it's still been fun. We yeah. still have fun. So We've had our moments. We had our moments. And, you know, we had a chat before we started recording about, like, oh, you, you know, you, 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 you're doing something begrudgingly. I, I'm going to be honest. Like, I think honesty is great. Sometimes... It's not fun. I'll tell you when. Like every year, we're learning our lesson. We we want to. We get in the spirit of Halloween and we do our October Blitz, oh, yeah. and we basically go three times as hard as far as content editing that we that we normally do because we want to blitz it out because we love the season. And uh, dude, by the end of it, I fucking hate him. I hate myself. I gotta. I'm making out with a fucking loaded barrel every night. Just- I hate it. I hate it, dude. But every every year, Halloween time comes around again. And we're like. You excited for that now? Yeah, yeah, but dude, it's. But we had one. We had a blow up. We like we've had so many fucking Yoko Ono breaking the Beatles moments and the we did it and it, we did Halloween. This Halloween we decided to do, okay. We're doing all the Halloween movies. We're doing all of them. And then when it it was fun for a few, and it's like eh, we don't necessarily do things in order. We kind of push off the shitty ones. Yeah, dude, we did Halloween five. And and this came right after doing Zombie Two and Halloween Six. And I can't take any more shit anymore. <laughs> and this guy decided he knows when I'm irritated at certain things, and he plays yeah, he off said. that. It's brilliant. He went into total troll mode, and I I fucking lost it, dude. I if there was a table to flip, I would have flipped it. <laughs> and uh, that's one of the ones that's in like we have vault episodes, and we'll talk about like yeah, that one's not coming out of the vault, and maybe it, maybe eventually will. Because like the Disney vault, yeah. We, we've had we've had those, and they come out every now and again, and then it's a good way to promote because then people start like, can I get that? Can we get that? We get that, and uh, we'll make them like iTunes exclusives sure. or something. And uh, because they're humiliating, like it's not me being pretty. This is warts and all. This is like. There's some kind of monster documentary. You want to see me being a little bitch? <laughs> God damn it, I gotta watch this again? Fucking horses of, and the dreams? Movie, the movie was a bit stock, okay? That's all we're gonna say on that. No, but it's funny. You I don't can, know, try a normal beat. I'll have to call it normal. We, <laughs> I love we, it. We don't want any solo killings in this particular podcast. That <laughs> that actually was kind of an amazing film to watch as a Metallica fan myself. Massive Just fan, yeah, me. Seeing them, and, and poor Kirk Hammett. Just him being just like that little kid that's like seeing his parents fight and you just feel bad for him. You're like, oh, and he's. I remember thinking that the whole time watching it. And what I love about Kirk is he's such a huge horror fan. Yeah. Like, he is a horror nerd, like would probably put us all to shame. But yeah. I love the fact that there are avenues and anyway for that. But um, so if you're actually going back to the podcast itself, if you were going to put together um, your top favorite commentaries, Horror or not horror, what would, like, for our listeners, what should they listen to to get a kind of a taste of the podcast? Oh, my God. You know what's funny? Uh, if you would have asked us, okay, oh. this guy, yes, he came on board, Zach here. Well, have you, how long have you been, like, the permanent Garth Algeyer? Three years ago. <laughs> it's it's all it's taken on a new life ever since he came on. Like I feel like we're the John and Paul now of our you know that's fucking I don't want to say that but you know what I mean of our little thing sure. we connect and uh, it's really taken on its own life and so I'm gonna I think that's when our best stuff was in the last three years I think we've only gotten better and I think when we started maybe I would have I could have easily given you a couple but I'm not shitting you man like I said narcissist here I think we're consistently great that's I really do I we, have a couple that I well fuck I, you then. <laughs> Like I, I remember <laughs> the uh, the uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus again. Journey, which ah. is one of my favorite movies. Station. Mm-hmm. So that one, and uh, Smokey is a bandit. <laughs> no, that would be Butch and Sundance, the the later years. Or <laughs> that one comes to mind, and uh, 
like we had we were just talking about doing a classics month recently like why haven't we done like uh back to the future the original yet why haven't we done like et or uh well, recently, you guys just did like Short Circuit Two. Yeah, it yeah. was like one of the recent with ones. Los Locos. With lo- <laughs> <laughs> Los Locos, kick your ass. Los Locos, kick your face. Los Locos, kick your balls into outer space. <laughs> yeah, man. We have a tendency to do the sequels before, like the, the original. Yeah. Oh, like when we did the Nightmare movies, it was forever before we did the first Nightmare movie. Like we want to do every other one first. Hey, Lepre- we're doing Leprechaun in space. We'll make them beg for the first Leprechaun. When you, you'll be begging for Aniston and like some you know quality acting there in the Leprechaun. We series. still and never. Francis. We <laughs> that motherfucker eats shit like a baby. Um, we have never done the original Hellraiser, and that's like arguably my favorite. Ah. That's arguably my favorite. It's actually the only one in the series I really like. I enjoy it. it. Yeah, I, I like three. Like two, I think it's a little too slow. Two, two has its moments. Three, I dig two. I dig two. I dig three. I, I think hate, two is beautiful. I, I think two needs to die. And the only reason I hate two is because of its attachment to the first one. I just think it taints the first one because we didn't need something to pick up right after the first one. The original described hell. It described you. We, we got everything depiction depicted of hell from what Pinhead was telling, you know, Kirsten or whatever. Uh, Kirsty, sorry. And that was good enough for me. And nothing's gonna, nothing Hollywood can make up is gonna top what's in my brain. Sometimes when but, you know, show what they're no, talking about, it's, d- it just doesn't They up. were gonna try, yeah. and they put out too. I'm like, wow, hell is not scary. This looks like shit to me. Like, actually, I, I literally, when I saw, it was kind of like the Bill and Ted bogus journey hell, right? The different rooms, the personal That's hell, right, right. the purgatory type thing. And like, when I saw Kirsty running away from Uncle Frank down there, I'm like, so Uncle Frank hangs out in a room all by himself. Hell's really fucking empty. There's a lot of vacancies. So so his personal hell is he hangs out here, and he's got this big sweet pad all to himself. I mean, he look, he, sh- he was really sweaty, so maybe he's kind of hot. Kind of hot. It's Ooh. hot in hell. No, damn, I mean, that's a, no AC. Moist. Maybe that's Very his moist. But, uh, that's his personal hell. He's just constantly like, ugh. Uh, I'm not crazy hot, but I'm not comfortable. He's the kind where he's just got like, like he's just misty. He's a little <laughs> just dabbing his brow. That's his personal hell. I'm like, this ain't that bad. This ain't that horrible. Dude, no, Julie ended up, man. Like the person, the personal hells collided. Like, what the fuck? Wait, so they're like divided by the walls? It's the rooms? It's when Cronenberg actually did his past. You know, you get those nice little combination things that occasionally will appear. It's it's not too bad. It's not too bad. I think if it was his own idea about the Leviathan and the hell and thing, and somebody just worked it. I would like it a lot better, but that's why I like three because it's like the nightmare three. Let's make Pinhead funny, and I think that was a direct response to hey, Frey's doing one liners now. He's selling fucking popsicles and rap albums or whatever. We gotta, he's gotta say something funny. We gotta bring him to Earth, you know, and gotta have a disc man guy. And the guy that did that, uh, Anthony Wilcox, responsible for Waxworks, Waxworks yeah. one of my favorites. Which actually is a kind of a weird pedigree. It's actually kind of one of the most '90s films I've seen in quite some time. Oh. Hellraiser three. Oh, I love it. And it's- Pardon me if we're getting off on a no, tangent. No, no, this is perfect. I love it. tangent all the time. So Hellraiser 3, that is actually why I love it, because me, I was born in 86. Okay. So I'm a 90s kid. I love anything from the year 91, especially, like kind of a 91, 92, 90. Uh, that's why I love the Black Album, Use Your Illusion albums. And I like watching old home videos of uh, concerts and bands from that era. I like the clothing. I like. It reminds me when I was a little kid, driving around in the station wagon with that faux wood and all that bullshit, uh, and hearing my dad blast those records and... 
so you you watch Hellraiser three and it is uber nineties. They got Armored Saint playing at the club yes. and they're playing <laughs> Symbol of Salvation, man. There's that dropping like flies. I love that album. It sounds so nice. And then uh, they got the uh, uh, Hellraiser song that Lemmy wrote with Ozzy. That was yep. also on No More Tears. I, I fucking everything is so nineties about the it. Greatest sex scene ever where the guy smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette. And then, <laughs> dude, oh my god! I when I saw the movie, like you gotta watch. You gotta watch. Uh, uh, my brother. My brother is that guy. Like you know, he's you because I just love his. He nailed it. Like okay, so when we cut back to the scene and you're done with this broad, you gotta not give a shit. You want her to go. Make it apparent, dude. He he nails it. Like yep, <sighs> she's. <laughs> it is great though. But I love that movie, man, because uh, it actually does offer something fun for me. Um, but yeah. So that's one I should probably maybe check out. In You've terms never of the seen. Comment- no, no, no. The oh, commentary. The we commentary. did do that one, and it's okay. got one of your best. Zach. <laughs> I think Zach's the best thumbnail guy in the biz, man. His his fucking uh, Photoshop stuff, dude. And you know that weird, odd zoom-in close-up of Pinhead laughing when she's kind of like stuck in the dream? Mm-hmm. He took that shot, man, and he put like, what, tie-dye in the background? He put a joint out of his mouth, and he's like, dank AF, though, ah, and he's like blitzing. It's so fucking funny, man. There's yeah. such <laughs> spliffs to show you. <laughs> There's a couple shots of that movie where it's just a close-up of his face. It, it just it looks like he had the, like... They did his face up from a convention. It just doesn't look very good. Like Human not, being. Not, not up to par with the first two. And that's one of the shots that we used. When he opens up the box, is it a stash box? <laughs> <laughs> See, if I would have had you there, I would have thought of that. <laughs> no, it's great, though, man. I could talk all day long about it because... Well, that's the thing. I, ultimately, we've always talked about, you know, when I'm as a podcast listener for me, for I've, the ones I enjoy are the where people are genuine about what they love and there's good chemistry between the hosts, you know, that there's they're having fun mm. and got a chance to listen to a little bit on uh, what was it? Because uh, you're talking about being an action film. We also go outside of the horror genre as well. I mean, we were raised in the 80s. So, in fact, recently um, we God, what did we host here recently? Action Conan. Guys. It was Conan. Which to hell with you! Uh, just to see on the big screen is just great, but then to see it with people and there's that we always talk about the communal experience and with a commentary track, it's always because we record those occasionally as well. We're talking off mic, just that balance you have to find of like not necessarily being scene specific, so you can listen to it as a podcast, but if also if you're listening along and watching along, it's good. So how long did it take for you guys to kind of find that rhythm of just the the the, the, co- the commentary perfecta, the chemistry? I. I, like I said, I think we've got this natural thing going. His thing is, he had he kind of found his persona. Um, if you listen to the early days when Zach here was a permanent guy, and he was very he's kind of soft spoken in in real life. Really I, so- I had to kind of. I this had, I had to amp it up because I was a little boring. No, but he's not. He's not. He's being hard on himself. I sometimes when I get sick of fucking troll, I call it Mark Four. Like you've gone into Mark Four level now, dude. Like, cause he, he has the layers, the tears of troll and it's like, you need to dial back. I think, I think Mark three is good. That is a, that, that's the place where you're not starting to fucking step my toes and offend me on a personal level. And you're just still taking it out on like everybody else. And what's, it's fun. What's funny is, uh, I started out on uh, Mac and Zach say the world. It was me and my cousins. Okay. And he brought that over to the revival network. And at one point he's like. He was listening to back his act. He's like, I kind of like how you act all that. Go ahead and bring that into this a little bit. I'm pretty sure he rues the day. He said, <laughs> I think I said that. And then oh, if I did, then fuck me. But eventually it's like, dude, 
you got. Uh, I think they should live live apart. It's great on that. <laughs> it's great on that show because they do drunken commentaries and they're oh, just those. totally just unhinged. It's great. I I like a little structure, but um, but no, we got our thing going, man. We got we got a chemistry. I know how he is. Uh, we do like to watch a lot of blind movies. Or he, this guy, when it comes to really just grotesque exploitation genre stuff. He's an encyclopedia. He knows everything. He's seen everything, I'm convinced. Uh, I go into a lot of those blindly, and I enjoy that because then we go to the Mystery Science 3000 angle, right? It's like, well, I'm just going to make fun of what the fuck I'm seeing. You're going to react. And I'm going to stoke something. If it's a movie (laughs) like The Shining, we can talk about the factoids on that movie all day long. Um, Or if it's like super boring and terrible, and we just, we're not it. Zach, what you been doing lately? And then he'll go on about a tangent about, dude, he has the best, we have the best stories. You know, I got a story. like fucking diarrhea shit all over this kid's bathroom. It's I know his basement everywhere. Oh. Tried to clean it up with his brother's stuffed animal, and it's made it worse. Just, <laughs> it, you just got to make stuff up. Now I'm not making it up. And that's the it, last day he was invited to any children's party. It really was. Yeah. Area. I, dude, that was my best friend growing up, and I never went back. For years, he's like he told that story on our uh, Nightmare on Elm Street two commentary for years. It's one of my favorite. I'll that's, say that as one of my favorite commentaries. He was like, that was one of my favorite stories. And then one day I outdid him, and it, mine got mine was pretty dark. Yeah, <laughs> it's like when you know you've gone next level when you up like poop and teddy bears. You oh know, my god! Just mine involved give a it friend to him. of mine. Having sex with his sister at the back of a pickup truck, and I saw the whole thing. Happen. Oh no! Oh, no! 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 <laughs> So he's got like these chronicles. He's got this cast of characters in his head that I love prying. Dude, it wasn't that for the longest time. He started talking about this guy. He's like, well, yeah, he'll say something casually like, oh, yeah, I watched that movie one time. I had a sleepover, and it was this friend of mine and Mac, and we were all jerking off under the blanket. Like, whoa. Well, we can't brush over that. Like, what the fuck? And we're just watching Lifetime movies. It was just like, thing eating popcorn, fucking circle jerk. And I'm like, I never did that, dude. Yeah, yeah like, no, I never, I never went to a uh, like elementary school orgy. He was he's, like, <laughs> he's like, well, we were, we were under the same blanket. That's still weird. That's still weird. It's not the communal blanket. We had it wasn't our even. own stall. It was, yeah, no, it's, it's not under the tent. And this, <laughs> it's this not terror vision. This friend became this famous with me, and then that became he's like. Yeah, man, I was over at that friend's house now. In uh, he he had his dog there, and out of nowhere, it wasn't even his dog. It wasn't, it even, no. wasn't even his dog. Oh, no, fr- you're at his friend's house. I didn't know his friend, but my friend picks up his friend's dog and just starts jerking it off. Oh no! Oh no! Was this, was John Waters filming all of this? What was happening? <laughs> what was, kind of parties do you guys go to? Where everybody's jerking off dogs and <laughs> shit. I, now was this party in Tijuana? Where was this at? I was like ten years old. I, this, what kind of fucking party is this? A children's party? Is this the same one where you're like coming in and shitting all over people's beds and wiping it up? <laughs> Who ordered the, the scat? Right? What the fuck kind of party? Like I'm scat old the clown. <laughs> Who wants to party? He was the weirdest friend I've ever had. He Obviously, was, if he's jerking off a goddamn dog. Was he big into Caligula? I mean, what was going right. on there? There's just some avenues there. Yeah. That's. Can you imagine though, be, being the age like ten, like you don't really know what's going. Like I think this isn't no, normal. Being but at the age of 110, you can still see that and not know what the fuck's going on. Is this normal? Probably not. But he describes it as like, yeah, he just started doing it. And did did he get the schmegma, dude? Did it go? Did he burst? Did he make him pop? He he was going for a while as if he was trying to get it to finish. The oh, lipstick. The poor dog's like, this is really awkward. Red rocket. You know, so for the longest time. That I knew him as the dog fucker, and I bring him up all the time. He's like, "Oh yeah, he's in prison." I'm like, "Oh, what's his name?" That's the only natural progression from there. That's the only. There's only once. There's a, either you go 
down to prison or only up from there? Because there's no. <laughs> of course, he's in prison. He's the local director of he's the, the chapter of PETA. Yeah, Fucking, a, he's like he's like Sarah McLaughlin's arch enemy. Every time she comes <laughs> on, she's like, Burr, changes the channel. I mean. I'm trying to say the puppy's my own way. From his point of view, he was treating the dog right. Right. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he was. He was, he's giving happy ending. That's a, who's a good dog. I mean, like that dog might have had a wonderful time. Holy Maybe this, that was a rescue dog, and he was making up for some lost time. There and you go. Miss Christmases and whatever. As much as he rescued me, I rescued him. Exactly. Uh, you know, but Twice. What's, what's funny though, so for the longest time, I, I knew this guy as the dog. I'd always bring him up, and it's weird because it's like, I don't want to like dox this dude. Like, he's in prison. What if he gets out and hunts me down? And whatever. See, that was before I told him the story about him having sex with his sister. But it turned out, oh, no. I but knew what? That. I, I, I always wanted to tell that, but I was like, I can't he tell was, that on the show. What if he ever listens to the show and hears me tell it? I know who the listenership yeah, is. It turned out that he was also the sister. I'm like, dude, you've been letting me talk about this guy as a dog fucker. When you had this info like he has graduated he's no longer the dog for he's a he sister a, what is he a lannister like what's going like what is it dude he's like we were just in the back of this pickup truck and he started fucking his sister how old how old was they was they i can't talk <laughs> That's a, i was my about JJ Walker. 10 11 years old and he was about a year or two younger than me holy <laughs> smokes and and what what was their reaction this after is, they finished? You watched, you watched. He, I still think there's more to the story, but he just watched, quote unquote. I did not. I just, did not it was a peripheral it. viewing, out of the side of the eye, you know. I, I was act to sleep, back to sleep, back to sleep, back to sleep. Nah, I was in dude. shock most of the time. I he was massaging his Vienna weenie. That's, well, when in Rome, you know, obviously they're cool with it, dude. It wasn't your sister. That's like, right. if you jumped in with the brother and sister, then you're just a freak. Like they're fucking the whole day. Wow! Right so he diddled his dog and then diddled his sister. Yeah, it wasn't holy! His s- dog wasn't his dog. It wasn't his dog. That's even worse. It's a stranger's <laughs> dog. Was and then he diddled his sister. <laughs> then he diddled his sister. By that logic, by that logic, you're saying it's at least a peg up if somebody fucking does something to their children. It wasn't at least no, my no, kids. no, no, no. I said no, no. There's a one thing. No, a stranger's dog is one thing. Your own dog, what you do in your own privacy with your own pet is one thing. But you don't go around accosting strangers. Dog. Hey, because look, here's the thing. When somebody comes into my store to work with a puppy, my first instinct is like, oh, doggy, and pet the doggy, not fucking rub and tug it. You know what I'm saying? Like a random stranger's dog, I, and then. Fuck my sister? That, where that, where that, did you hang is... out in Florida? What the fuck? I don't even like giving dogs belly rubs when you accidentally just, touch. We right? accidentally touch the tip of the wet pee pee. Like, yet, like, oh. yet, yet he wants to go and like like red lipstick it. Yeah, red rocket. Mm. Ew. Yeah. So like. <laughs> No, that's not cool. That's funny. That's full circle. When he first started the podcast, his uh, nickname was Red Rocket. Oh, good lord! All right, you. So, you want? Is that a good segue to talk about the intro of the podcast? Okay. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's go back. Let's go back and talk about the podcast. <laughs> I, you know, I, we want to give people a taste of what you can get on our show. That's so. truly I, a You know what? I'm, don't, trust me. I'm not acting like, oh, heavens. Yeah. You should hear <laughs> some of the shit that we do on our sister podcast, Nerds and Nostalgia. We have an FMK segment. So, yeah, no, we're good. That's that's really awesome, man. Yeah, no, not, wouldn't, wouldn't throw shade at all. Trust so, me. So, uh, roughly nine years ago, uh, my colleague, my hetero life mate, Riverman, he... Dude, he had a sweet name, and there we had another guy. Guy, he is. He went by the Lush. I'm like, I fucking need a radio name. I need a fucking podcast name too. And I was like, uh, Red Rocket. Like, I, I like, I, you know, I just is on the spot. <laughs> Run it out, see what sticks. And uh, literally, quite literally. <laughs> and this guy never let. And after like 
what, like a few episodes? I'm like, I just want to be my name. No, no first you wanted to change it to the goose. The yeah, goose. the goose. You didn't like Red, Red Rocket. Rocket to the goose to your your birth name. I'm you like, know, it's, it's almost more punk rock to be the one that doesn't have the fucking dumb name. I mean, there's enough monkeys and heads in this world and <laughs> punk, you know, fucking dumb stuff. Uh, and I'm the only one that actually says my full name. I'm not afraid because on on the network I have my own show too that I I don't I do a lot like once uh, every biweekly or whatever and it's more just a topical. Uh, it's more about like look I can't talk about what grates my gears. I can't talk about politics. I think about religion. Um, People listen to the commentary to talk about what we talk about. Right, the commentary. right. So I'm like you know what I want to talk about this and if somebody has a problem with it I don't care. In fact I'll give my full name. Look me up. I don't care. They don't have to listen no fear. if they don't want to. It hasn't hurt. It hasn't hurt our real regular podcast at all. That's good. In fact, I have some of the, the some of the diehards that have listened to our uh, commentaries from day one. They come over and they, even though it's a totally different thing, they'll come over and listen to me talk about Donald Trump or religious or you know. I'm not saying which party, what, whatever. I'm saying, <laughs> dude, and most of them disagree with me, and they don't, they still listen to the commentary. They don't care. That's good though. It is I mean, amazing because if you can, we were talking last night with our friend Katie just actually people engaging in dialogue and discussion yeah, yeah. where maybe they can meet somewhere in the middle. They may not necessarily cross their views, but, but actually defend their thing and say, look, this is why without getting like, Oh, you're just stupid. You yeah. know? So like without immediately it devolving into yeah. name column. So it's nice when that happens. I mean, I've had episodes where we straight up talk about, uh, you know, it, it, usually I'll get personal. Like, I don't care. I'll talk. It'll be an episode where I just riff on me. Right. I'll riff on my personal life. I'll rip. I'll, I'll just kind of take the curtains up and, you know, because people can relate, even if you don't think they can, and it'll go into depression, or we'll talk. We'll have an episode. We'll talk about religion. Oh, I like to have a revolving door guests on that one. That's me, and I'll talk to somebody else. And I've traveled a lot, so I got a lot of people all over the, the world, and I still travel a lot. So I, the more worldly people I can get, great, different points of view. But anyway, back to ours. And tw- and two and not nine years ago, it was Riverman, the other guy, and myself. Uh, I, I ditched my fucking name. And like I said, it started as exploitation. My idea for it was I'm into film as far as screenwriting. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to do that. And I'm thinking, all right, well, I'm while I'm getting my chops together and I'm working on my pieces and stuff, and it's not, it's not just one thing to have enough shit, like if opportunity knocks, have your stuff ready. You got to be able to be at a door. Uh, and I'm like, well, no one's going to take it seriously. I can't just like send unsolicited emails. Like they right. do not, they will screen you and you will not get replies. Uh, you will not get calls back. You got to have some affiliation. I'm like, well, how am I going to remedy that in the future? Maybe I could become the media. Right. And I'm like, well, that'll, that'll take some time. So the idea is we'll start a podcast. We'll slowly build up that. And then maybe we'll build at the time. Websites are kind of obsolete. You know, now social media it's is just all, oh, yeah. whatever. But at the time it was like, we'll build a website. Um, and then once we have the website, then I'll have like the official credentials, you know, Aaron at blah, 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 blah. And then, um, you know, then I can reach out to these PR people, right. And start getting guests and, you know, maybe I'll get shot down a million times out of one. But once I get that first one, I think it'll get easier. And, you know, finally I did finally I got one and it's just, bam, they got easier and easier. And then, the, then you're on the call list for all these people. Then you start knowing these people on a first name basis at studios, you meet people in the industry. Um, and that was my bigger picture thing. And, uh, it actually paid off, you know, so I do that on the side and I got a movie in the works and I've, I've worked on So it's working nice. slow, but sure. Nice. So it's all about having the big picture. So that's where it actually started. It was like, well, I, I, it wasn't necessarily I want a podcast. It's like, I want to do this, but I love it. I gained the niche for it. And uh, I wasn't a talker before I did that, you know, and I I, I grew. And it was awesome because it was a social experiment and I grew socially from it. And it's been better because you can't network if you can't fucking talk. 
It's tough. It's, yeah, it's kind of well, hard to do. That's the thing we, I've mentioned before with the podcast. I'm so happy I, I was involved with it because I'm meeting newer yeah. people. I have acquaintances and friends that I never would have had without something like this and mm-hmm. just that that avenue, that venue. It's it's really kind of nice. It's yeah. And like we've always said, if an audience of one or audience of none, we're going to do this because it's Because we want to do it. Yeah, it's, regardless. It's, it's ridiculous. Dude, oh. I, I mean, one person could be a hardcore and they could, you know, bring – great things to your life yeah whether that's in just some kind of relationship some sort of uh, anything relating in some way or whatever it's it's, it's, it it all matters everybody matters 100 percent. how long have you can i ask you and then how long you guys been doing this five years about five years okay so we've been doing it pushing a decade and i gotta tell you when we started it was it was wild wild west like, yeah. it was just like nerds in the basement it was like fanzines audio form first of all right? we're nerds in the basement <laughs> no so same same that's what i'm saying but that's all it was yeah and you could ask people like okay we do a po- what's a podcast exactly. right what's a podcast yeah. and it was a dead format essentially and the only people listening to were people like just like you that would, yeah you know and at the time you know my my partners they thought exploitation was great and they're like why well, like i'm like you're not really gonna get much first of all i like a lot more than that and second of all i don't want to like burn out on just that and yeah. we want to reach more people don't we they're like no man podcasts are dead anyway we just want to reach two people i'm like i think this could be bigger i think we should really brought out and i'm glad i had the the foresight for that but we were i'm not trying to toot our horn we were part of the OGs, right? Like nobody, this is pre Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Now, granted the guy that I think started the same year we did, he's considered the Godfather is Adam Carolla. Yeah. And Carolla, when they say, yep. then yeah. when they say Godfather oh. podcast, they mean Godfather celebrities using yeah. the podcast format because there was people before Carolla. There was uh, one of the old MTV VJs. Um, da, 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 oh my God. Ricky Rackman? Not Ricky no. Rackman. He's got uh, one now. Everybody's got everyone one. Has one. Everyone has everyone. a podcast at this point, but I can't. Uh, Christ, it'll hit me in the middle of this. But oh, no, he sure? was. Not even. No. You, <laughs> He's got one. You would have had the insight to that. Please, come on now. No, but it was one of those cats like many moons ago initially started it up. And Kurt Loader. Wasn't no, it was the one from Problem Child Two. I must be going now. It was now. the guy that actually Ricky Rackman took over for for the oh, Headbangers the, Ball. The more glant, the pretty boy. Yes, the pretty. Yeah. Yes, he okay. started one way way back in the day. Mm. Um, but one one question we always ask because this we are at a horror convention. Uh, you've done horror commentaries. Uh, one of the questions we always ask any of our first time guests. Or what was your horror origin? I.e., what was uh, what was it that got you into horror? Was it a movie? Was it a moment? Uh, Zach, let's start you off here. Do you, call back, call pro- back. Probably being like, like my parents didn't care about what I watched. I mean, unless permissive it, parents. Mm-hmm. Unless it wasn't like I mean, Serbian films, super sex, <laughs> like stuff like that. But like, I was always allowed to watch the Freddy Krueger movies and Chucky and all that stuff. And I was watching it from such an early age, like where I wasn't even like really old enough to realize what's going on so what's, what's funny is like once i got a little older right after watching them for so long then i got scared of them and st- stayed away from them for like two or three years and then rediscovered them a little bit later and like my mom and my cousin's mom worked at a video store and like we we used to rent all the uh full like we'd look for the full moon logo yep after falling mm-hmm. in love with like uh the puppet master we, we love dolls coming to life movies for some reason. Yeah. Oh, that's that's scary. That's super scary. So you had a conduit basically for that, which I had a Doll's cousin. Dollsploitation. Dollsploitation. Done it. That, no, they yeah. never touched that genre anymore. It's, well, you know, I guess, no. New yeah. Child's Way. 
Yeah, well, I was going to say remakes don't count because they're going to tap into the well. Yeah, yeah, it's, that sounds right. So, but you had basically mom, cousin, kind of to to basically feed you in for the video stores mm-hmm. and all the dolls. That's so. Yeah, Stuart Gordon can't go wrong no, with him. Like, I, once I discovered, like, my mom started working at a different one, and that's when I discovered like Italian zombie movies. Oh no! So like, you started going the international. The, the beaded curtain, when the head behind the the, the, the the fancy one. They just had a nice horror section and all kinds of movies I never heard of. And I saw the box for a zombie, and I was like, I have to get that. Mm-hmm. It was calling you saying, hey, Zach, I'm going to eat yeah, you. Yeah, we're going to eat you, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the Bad Taste cover, I've ever seen that. Never heard of that movie before. <laughs> had to get that. God. I think many of us saw a lot of these films at too young of an age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't, we're didn't, not supposed We to. didn't know context. We didn't have any, yeah, that, that but it. I think for the most part, we're all pretty upstanding individuals. So, Zach, that was yours. What was yours, Aaron? Hey, oddly enough, we were all watching these at the, at the wrong age, yet they knew who they were really marketing to. Yeah, right? yeah, oh, they yeah. were made for oh, us. Yeah. They were made for us. They, they knew that. Um, and in a way, dude, the rating system, I don't think it was a hindrance. It's almost their best friend. It's like when the, the you know, Tipper Gore came in with music. It's like, no, I want that no, album. I, yep. That one said, that's the one I need to get because it says I shouldn't be listening to it. Well, I mean, uh, look at nowadays, even still, the minute you see a PG-13 horror movie, yeah. a lot of people are already dismissive. And, like, The Ring was dope. But and so, like... They, they, the the profit part of it outweighs it. I get it. Because yeah. they, they still make money. But when they, you see that R, you're like... I'm going to go see that because it's got hardcore violence and nudity, just what I want to go see. So. For guys like us that were watching these movies when we were too young, way back then, way back then, and it's like, but I don't know. I they Dollar signs, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it, piss, oh, yeah. it makes us happy, but I don't think we're the... Oh, no. We're no, not that. We're not. So for me, though, I'm kind of like Zach, man. Permissive parents, except uh, you know, I grew up in a broken home. My dad was a crackhead, dude. He didn't give a fuck what I was doing. Right? So I... But yeah, you talk about Italian horror... That's why the gateway drugs, the gateway movies are so important because I, same thing, man. I used to watch old, uh, uh, like creature feature, not Elvira, but the local Elvira local of Elvira, the days. Yeah. Um, and I, Freddy, Freddy, Chucky and all that stuff. And dude, that stuff was scary. Like I said, marketed to us. It ain't scary now, but as a oh, little kid, they were, pl- okay. You try and tell me Chucky child's play was not marketed towards kids when they were going head to head and they were a direct response to uh Cabbage Cabbage Patch. By, and my buddy dolls they look just yeah. like the fucking my buddy dolls yeah they were originally called the buddy dolls in the original script but they couldn't do that my buddy wasn't too happy with yeah that. It was, no it was huge and so my buddy dolls were all the rage and i was right at the right age and uh that movie comes out so of course it's gonna freak out the fucking kids and i remember i watched this movie i watched the first one first and I'm literally laying in my bed, and I've got my buddies, like two of them sitting on oh, a little God. bunch, and I'm looking at them in the dark. And I used to have so many nightmares about Chucky Man, the same recurring nightmare where I wake up in my little bed, my old twin bed, and I'd, I'd sit up, put my feet on the ground, and Chucky would come at me with a knife oh, or grab oh, my yeah. hands, and then I'd run out of the house, and the world was abandoned. And it's oh. like, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, and I... I know he's not right behind me, but I feel his presence, and I can't get away. Um, nowadays, like just fucking punt that motherfucker. Oh, that's right. It's not. He's not superhuman. He's not. He's literally a guy. He's actually at a hindrance. He is worse than he was before. He was a killer man. I get it. He can slip in as a doll, but right. what, but dude, he's now he's less than a man. And he's made out of stuffing. Like, how can he, how good can he articulate his joints? I mean, come it's on. It's all like this. <laughs> yeah. It's so, stiff. So for me, Child's Play 1, and then eventually Child's Play 2. I hate Child's Play 3. Um, and then Nightmare on Elm Street, 1 through 4. Like, 1 through 4, I, I think I saw, like, 3 and 4 first. Then I saw, like, 1 and 2. But those, I watched them like crazy. And 
had I found that beaded curtain with Italian horror, <laughs> I don't know if I would be because not too long after that, I did. I found I watched House by the Cemetery, and I'm like, no, I, I can't do that. You gotta take the necessary steps. You know, going back to music, man. If somebody's really just trying, like, oh, you recommend to listen to metal? I'm like, okay, this sounds cliche to anybody that has any knowledge, but. Start with a black album, yeah, right. Yeah, and I'm not even gonna give you Slayer. It's like, they, no. then you go to like Master of Puppets, back then you know your ACDCs, whatever. Yeah. Then you work into Slayer, and maybe if you still are lasting at that point, we'll work in Entombed. Yep. We'll work in Morbid Angel. But you, dude, you're gonna chase people away. And uh, I, some, I can't. I still can't stomach some of those Italian horror overdubs, man. What is it, mummy? What is it, that little fucking kid in House by a Cemetery? That's the last thing about them. There's, well, you, when you watch them at that young, you just even as an older, I know a lot of hardcore horror fans that still don't like Italian horror. A lot of that because it is just so disjointed. It's just they almost seem like. They're, they make better like kill counts than mm-hmm. they would actually overall movies, just because like the Fulci is always a bunch of set pieces. I think for me, like just the way it was so different, and I was young, so young, it was like it was almost like watching a movie in a dream. So That's it, it made so it oh yeah, the dream logic and whatnot. Yeah. It almost made it even more like I, I need to watch more of these. You know, I got I got to say, I, ultimately the answer for me, what got me into horror was the Creature Features movie of the weeks, right? And it wasn't so they would play Freddy. I remember like Freddy's Nightmares and stuff. Even yeah. that they were playing that. But I would see movies like Tour Strap. You know, they would <laughs> these movies that you wouldn't see like on a Fox Network at one in the morning anymore. I just no. they don't. And but yeah, they would play stuff like Tourist Trap and, and these more obscure Good old stuff yuck too. Connors. Yeah, there's uh, there it harkens to a day and age that just doesn't exist anymore because mm-hmm. everything is so readily available. We always talk about on the podcast that. Conventions like these are fun because they're still kind of the thrill of the hunt, people mm-hmm. kind of locating things. But we live in a day and age now where everything is so accessible at just the touch of a phone. There just doesn't seem to be the discipline anymore for mm-hmm. just getting into movies and giving them the chance. Because I'm, I'm, I'm actually guilty of it myself now. I'll just scroll through Netflix and I won't watch anything because I spend the half an hour going through all these things. Mm-hmm. And, Okay. Okay. So yeah, and actually, because we are gonna actually gotta wrap because we gotta get out of the hotel room, as it turns out. Uh, but uh, thank you guys for sitting, taking the time to talk with us. This is our little dispatch here. So again, uh, uh, the BTM uh, podcast. Where can our where can they find you out on the social media? So again? Uh, some people, believe it or not, like to listen to podcasts on YouTube. I don't get it. I don't get it. But we're on YouTube, but we're on all podcast formats. You okay. can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Yeah, you, you go to YouTube and click on any video, and in the description, we'll have every link. Perfect. Yeah, so look up Revival House on YouTube. You'll find us. Revival House, uh, we're on, uh, you can find just the Revival House feeds, like, for example, on iTunes or whatever. In every individual show, like I said, we've got a bunch of them that span all sorts of genres. You can find those individual pages, individual, or just subscribe to the feed. Um, in social media, Revival House, it's just one thing. It's pretty easy to find. We're everywhere. I was going to say, on all social media. So, Aaron, Zach, thank you guys so much for taking the time, man. I appreciate I, it, you man. Know, don't want to take you away from the convention floor, but uh, we always, like I said, we always enjoy being able to interact with other podcasters, people that enjoy doing it, and uh, it's going to be on my regular rotation. Now, That's so what it's all you. about, man. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, I don't think we will have technically any more Crypticon dispatches. Probably not. The convention itself Are you seeing we're the done. fucking headliner? That's Bull- right. Fuck that's yeah. Right. I knew it. You knew I was a narcissist. Well, technically, this will come out in the month of October, so we will attach you guys with it and do all the cross-promotion and cross-pollination. That works, man. We appreciate well, thank it. Thank you guys so much. Not a problem, man. Not a problem. So go ahead, and I guess uh, until next time, this is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. (laughs)